And now, from a studio apartment in Austin, Texas, it's just another movie podcast. How's it going, everybody? And welcome to Just Another Movie Podcast. Mike here in my studio apartment here in Austin, Texas. Beautiful Austin, Texas, where it is finally not cold. If you guys know me personally, you know that I moved here from Orlando. I, I am a Florida man at heart. It, it, I, have, I have not worn flip-flops since September and I just now lost my flip-flop tan line. I, that, if, if the Florida man has horcruxes that can be destroyed, the flip-flop tan line is definitely one of them. So I can say now, I don't have my flip-flop tan line anymore. And a, a bit, a part of me misses it. It, it really, a part of me really misses it. But hey, how's it going, everybody? It's been a while since we've done this. I I did the show over Christmas, and I was like, we're gonna do this. We're gonna jump into the new year, and we're gonna do shows, and we're gonna we're gonna make a plan, and we're gonna do this thing. And then four months passed, and I didn't do anything. And here we are now, first week of April, and I'm finally sitting down to record. And I don't know. I just life got in the way, and 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 it happens. I think, uh, you know, quite a bit. I think that happens for a lot of people. But hey, we're here. We're back. We're doing the thing. And for this episode, I wanted to talk about a subject that honestly I really didn't need to do too much work on, because I wanted to do my top five. Disney movies, and that's animated and live action. Not not splitting them into two separate things or anything like that. I you know nothing crazy, but my top five Disney movies, favorite Disney movies of all time. If you guys know me, I, I moved like I said, I moved here from Orlando. I used to live twenty minutes from the Magic Kingdom. I went to Disney literally all the time, and. I love it. I am a Disney adult. I am a childless millennial who loves his Disney. And, and, and I am not ashamed of that fact. And I mean, I carry no shame whatsoever about my love of Disney. Like I said, I'm sitting here in my apartment in Austin. And right here to my right is a lot of my Disney stuff. There's a lot of my Disney stuff on the wall. I have a Disneyland map. I have my Funko Pop of the Dapper Dance. I have an actual stock certificate for Disney stock. And then I have a bookcase here with some Haunted Mansion stuff on it. Uh, the maps of the Disney parks, nice coffee table book, most of the mugs from Trader Sam's. I've got a lot of Disney stuff. I have a lot of Disney collectibles. I'm a big Disney fan. I, I, I honestly watch, I, I definitely watch more Disney Plus 
than any other streaming and more than HBO Max, more than Netflix, more than Amazon Prime. Uh, I watch more Disney Plus because it's something that I can put on when I'm working on other things or if I'm just needing to have some background noise, something that I can have on while I'm doing something else, like if I'm cleaning or doing laundry, I can put on a Disney movie and I can put on any of these movies my top five favorite now there are going to be some surprises in here there's probably one movie in here that most of you have probably a never seen and b some of you may have never even heard of it so there you go there you go i I love that movie so and and it's and it's and it's it's early in the list so we won't get long it won't be long before we're there so I I love all of these movies and this was harder than I thought it was. I I put down my favorite Disney movies and I had a, it was like 12 or 13 movies and I had to cut it down to 5. And then I had to rank those 5. And it was more difficult than I thought. So I narrowed it down to 5 and then there's three honorable mentions that we'll nail at the end uh, of the list. So let's not waste any more time. Let's start it. Top five Disney movies of all time. Coming in number five. And that is Sword in the Stone. I absolutely adore this movie. I have always loved this movie. I don't remember how old I was when I saw it for the first time. I, I don't remember. I, I, I think I was a kid, but I'm not really sure. I don't know when this movie came into my life. But I always loved it. I loved Merlin. I loved Arthur. I loved all the lessons, all the transformations. Like when Arthur turns into the bird. And, and even more memorable when Arthur turns into the squirrel. And he has the girl squirrel that's chasing him around. And, and then you got the, the wizard's duel with Mad Madam Mim. And kind of a sidebar, a little bit of a sidebar here. I am a, I'm a huge board game guy. I love playing you know, board games. I'm not really big into the strategy games like um, uh, Gloomhaven or Warhammer or even like D&D. As much as I've wanted to play D&D, I'm not knocking that. As much as I've ever wanted to, I've never had the opportunity to really join a group and sit down and play it. Who knows, maybe one day. But, um, you know, the strategy stuff is not really my thing. I love the pop culture stuff that Ravensburger is doing. And they are the ones who do, I believe Ravensburger makes it, um, they do Villainous. And this is a popular game among Disney fans. And, and I feel the game gets some, it gets some flack. It's, it's a love-hate relationship with Disney fans. A lot of Disney fans love it. A lot of Disney fans can't stand it. And I am of the group that loves it. I absolutely adore it. I play it all the time. I've actually found the unofficial solo mode that you can find online, and I play that all the time. My girlfriend loves to play it, and they just released the... I have the base game and all the expansions. I think I have... I think it's 24 different villains that you can play as now. But the latest expansion pack added uh, Lotso Bear from Toy Story 3. It added... um, syndrome from the incredibles and it added mad madam mim from sword in the stone and she is by far my favorite one to play and that's not just a you know your favorite place to eat was the last place you eat you know you ate kind of thing 
I have played most of these villains through the solo mode or with other people. She is the most fun to play. Uh, she, I love playing as Mad Men of them. But I absolutely love Sword in the Stone. From the opening storybook credits, the opening song, that opening song that that almost hymn or folk, um, old, you know, Arthurian legend folk song with the stained glass artwork. I, I just... I love that movie, and it's one of those ones that I can put on on Disney Plus at any time. I can literally at any moment can go, oh, I want to watch Sword in the Stone, so I'll go watch Sword in the Stone. Like, like it's so crazy how like randomly I can watch that movie. If you've never seen Sword in the Stone, I, I highly advise you to. Um, to, to go and, and, and go and watch it. All of these movies, all of these movies on this list are available on Disney Plus. So if there's something I talk about that you've never seen, I highly advise go and watch it. It's go and, and watch these movies. They're they're all fantastic. I, I would never leave you astray. So <laughs> moving on, number four, my f- number four on my list is a movie that I feel that probably a lot of you have never seen it and some of you maybe never even heard of it it is a disney live action movie i'm not sure what year it came out i'm going to look it up really quick um it came out in 1968 Starring Dean Jones and Peter Ustinov, who famously, Peter Ustinov, known as the voice of Prince John in Robin Hood. It's a live-action movie, like I said, 1968. So when you think of the Disney live-action movies, you think in that 60s genre, you think immediately one of the first ones that comes to your mind. Treasure Island. So, Treasure Island. Then you probably think Swiss Family Robinson. 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. But then there's this sleeper movie. And I don't know how well it did when it came out. I don't know if it was like a huge box office hit. I don't know if it was a complete disaster i don't know but i love this movie and it is a little movie called blackbeard's ghost and i have to give a shout out to somebody really quick uh a friend of mine my friend zach brown host of the zach brown show if you're looking for another podcast great show he's doing great things over there he also does some stuff with another great Disney channel called Here With The Magic. They do some fantastic stuff, especially they do some 3D binaural audio uh, podcast called Soundscapes. Fantastic. I love listening to it at work with my AirPods in because it sounds like I'm there. It's crazy. It's, it's crazy how, how eerie. It's, it, it's almost unsettling, but it's, it's really cool. Um, he was the one who suggested this. He was like, hey, Mike, if you've, have you ever seen this movie? And I was like, I, I've never even heard of that movie. And, th- and this is me, the Mr. Mr. Disney fan. I've never heard of this movie. 
So I sat down one day and I watched it and I loved it. It is pure 60s camp. It is amazing. Essentially, the basic plot is Dean Jones is coming into this little ship, this little seaside town, uh, to become the new track coach at Godolphin College. He's the new track coach there, and he meets the wives of Blackbeard. I can't remember what their group is actually called. And he wins at an auction because they are trying to. Of course, there's it's the '60s, so there's all there was, there was always a crisis that we would look at today as not a big deal. Like I think they needed fifty thousand or forty thousand dollars to save the mortgage on the Blackbeard's Inn from the mean villainous man who's trying to buy up all the, all the businesses in town so he can essentially run the town and. So he's helping with the auction, and he buys, I believe it's a bed warmer, one of those old-school bed warmers, like a pan on a stick. But of course, he like immediately breaks it, and inside is this, you know, this this rolled-up piece of parchment paper with with these words on him. And essentially, he unlocks the, he reinvites the ghost of Blackbeard the pirate back in. Of course, so now you've got Peter Ustinov hilariously playing Captain Blackbeard, and then you got Dean Jones as the track coach. It just hilarity ensues. There's a scene where uh, Dean Jones is essentially driving his car while Blackbeard has a bottle of rum in the car. Of course, he gets pulled over by the police and. Blackbeard's riding around on the motor on the cop's motorcycle and wrecks it. And of course, no one else can see him. So it just looks like absolute madness. There's some hilarious stuff that happens at the track meet. It's it's 60s camp from top to bottom, and it's fantastic. I if you like stuff like the Shaggy Dog or the computer wore tennis shoes, those 60s kind of camp fun family friendly movies i highly suggest you watch blackbeard's ghost again it's on disney plus i just watched it the other day because i can put it on anytime it's one of those movies that i absolutely adore and honestly i i'm kind of surprised it came in at number four but only because there were three movies that honestly i just i i like them a little bit more so i i just Blackbeard's Ghost, take time out and watch it. it. You won't regret it, I promise. So, moving on, number three. Number three, I, I think this one is a lot of people's favorite. This one's on a lot of people's list. But then there's people that probably either A, have never, it might be on a lot of people's list who have never seen it. And it kind of came, it came out in that weird era of... Disney animation where things weren't great. The quality was down. Um, you know, Walt had just passed not long before. You know, animation quality was down. And things just weren't great. But this was, this has held its, this has become a, a jewel in the crown of Disney animation. And, and, I, and I stand by that. 
Is it as classic as, say, The Lion King or Snow White and the Seven Dwarves? No. No, it's not. But it is still a very big chapter and a very big accomplishment in Disney animation history. And that is my number three movie, Robin Hood. I love Robin Hood from Roger Miller's music to the... Peter Ustinov as Prince John. Um, I can't remember the name of the actor that played Robin Hood, but you know, every you know, um, the, the same guy that the voice Baloo is the voice of Little John again. I, I, their name, his name escapes me. Phil Harris. Um, I, you know, there's just so many parts to Robin Hood that make it so 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 good, and it, it really the the selling point the. The, the really the glue that holds that one together is Roger Miller's songs. Oodalali, you know, the uh, the phony king of England, not in Nottingham. Um, you know, just I'm trying to think of the with the song between Robin and Marion. Wh- whatever the case may be, he the the whistle stop um, theme from the beginning of the movie. All of these songs, this is great, great, great songs that make this such a good, good movie and make it one of my favorite movies. And again, it's just one of those ones I can always put on. And, and I remember that one. I remember that one from when I was a kid. And I have pictures of me at Disney going way back with pictures with the Sheriff of Nottingham and Robin Hood, the characters at, at Disney. And then um, a couple years ago, right before COVID, in 2019, Disney did these pop-up surprise character greetings at the flagpole, and you never knew who they were going to be. Eventually, the schedule got out, and you kind of figured out who they were. If you wanted to see certain people, you went on certain days at certain times, you kind of kind of figured out. But then they shifted on you, kind of keep you on your toes. But there was one, it was, um, that was, uh, they did uh, Gideon Cat and Foulfellow from Pinocchio, but then they did Robin Hood and Little John was one duo they did, and then another one was Prince John and Fartuck, and I managed to get pictures with both of them. Um, and a funny story is uh, I'm I was until recently I was a member of the Disney Vacation Club, and I would go to they do this event for the DVC called Moonlight Magic where you essentially it was a free event, but you had to be DVC. You had to get lucky enough to get tickets, but they would bring out all these really rare characters. One night they did, um, for one event, they did a greeting with, it was Little John, Robin Hood, and Firetuck, right in back of Fantasyland, right next to Pinocchio's Village Hoss. Well, what you don't know about Pinocchio's Village Hoss is every 15 minutes, the clock tower chimes. The Every time the clock tower would chime, Friar Duck would hold his hands up to the sky like he was praying, and he would turn around, and he would like bow his head and start doing like a little prayer, and it was fantastic. I also have this funny picture of, you've never seen what I look like in real life, uh, I'm I'm bald, I, I buzz my head, uh, pretty bald, I don't, I don't raise or shave it all the time, I have before, but I don't keep up with it, um, but I am bald, and I almost always wear either a baseball cap or this gray flat cap. And when I met Robin Hood in the trio that night, Robin Hood walked up and took my hat off. And when he took my hat off, he saw I was bald, and he starts pointing to Friar Tuck. He's like, look, he's just like you. 
it was, you know, great. And because it's one of my favorite movies, that was such, such, you know, that was a memorable greeting for me. That was a memorable thing that I remember. And, and, and I loved that. So, uh, if you've never seen Robin Hood, I highly suggest you, uh, you check it out. I think you will, uh, I think you will enjoy it. And then, like I said, these are all things you can watch, you know, with your kids. There's nothing on here. It's a Disney. There's nothing on here that you won't be able to watch with the whole family. And I advise you to watch everything, you know, all of these with the whole family. But moving on, number two. Number two, I remember this one uh, going all the way back to daycare. Because we used to bring, be able to bring video cassettes, VHS cassettes. I'm showing my age. We used to bring VHS cassettes to, to, to daycare. And I remember that I brought this movie to daycare. This movie was also my favorite Disney attraction at Disney World. Unfortunately, it closed in 1993, 1994. I can't remember when it closed. But it closed in between two of our family trips. So I went on one family trip. It was there. I got to ride my favorite ride. Then I went back and it was gone. It was a mountain of dirt. So um, it was always a bummer. I feel like I never got to say goodbye to my ride. But it is another live action movie. Again, I don't know what year. What year did that come out? I'm going to look it up here in... Uh, See if I can find out. 1954. 1954. Kirk Douglas. James Mason. Peter Lorre. It is 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Such a fantastic, fantastic live-action movie. No matter what you're looking at. The score is beautiful. Cinematography is beautiful. The acting is wonderful. James Mason is iconic as as captain nemo you really cannot when you look at that movie i just don't see it working with any other people whether it's kirk douglas as ned land peter lorry um uh, i can't remember the actor who plays the professor um but james mason's captain nemo you just you can't you can't replace it you can't replace that you can't do it he's iconic you know I'll, I won't do the terrible impression, but, you know, the, the way he talks, there's, a, there's your terrible impression right there. You know, Captain Nemo, the Nautilus. It, it, just the way he delivers his lines. And how they stayed somewhat true to the Jules Verne novel, but v- did change, you know, you know, they did go away from it to make it their own, make it a Disney movie. But they did also stay as true as they could without changing too much unlike hunchback of notre dame which they changed everything um i this is one of those movies that when i hear people tell me they've never seen it i i want to be there when they watch it because i i want to see their reaction to it i i want to see how they I want to see. I want to see what they think about it because, again, it's that Disney live action era. You know, Blackbeard's Ghost was sixties, and you know, Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea is fifty four. So it's right before Disneyland opens, and it. But you think like I, I put those two in the same 
live-action era. The live-action era. You put stuff like Herbie the Love Bug or, you know, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, The Shaggy Dog, Absent-Minded Professor, Computer War Tennis Shoes. Um, you know, you put those kinds of things, you put all those movies into that one era of Disney film, the Disney live-action era. I would buy that box set. <laughs> if Disney Plus didn't exist, if they made a box set, the Disney live-action collection, uh, as that, I don't know, does that name work or not? The live-action collection. That, yeah. If Disney Plus didn't exist, and we still really relayed, relied on physical media, I would buy that box set because I love so many of those movies. They're so good. They're so good and they're so iconic that I would buy that. I actually do own 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. I have it on, I think I have it on, no, I have it on DVD. I don't think it ever came out on Blu-ray, but I've got it on DVD over there. And even though I can watch it on 20, I can watch it on Disney Plus, I do own it because, you know, we didn't always have Disney Plus, but I, I love that movie. It is, it's childhood, it's nostalgic, it's classic. It's classic. It's classic Disney live action. And it's, that's a difficult thing. That's a difficult thing to break. So, but that brings us to our number one. My number one all-time favorite Disney movie. Now, before I actually get to my number one, I want to go, um, I want to go over my honorable mentions because you may have noticed in this list you're probably thinking oh my god nothing from the 90s nothing from the renaissance period nothing no little mermaid no lion king beauty and the beast aladdin nope they're they're not in the top five they're up there they're in the top 10 they're in the top 10 matter of fact they probably are the remaining of the top five but i wanted to do three honorable mentions and I'm not going to go too deep into these. These uh, are just three that almost made the cut. They were there to the bitter end, and they just fell short right at the end when I had to cut it down to five. Uh, that would be one being Princess and the Frog. Hands down, one of the greatest soundtracks to go with a Disney movie of all time. Great soundtrack. A return to at least partially hand-drawn animation. Fantastic story. It's New Orleans. It's, it's everything. I... You know, I know a lot of people are not happy about it. I am excited, and I hope that the Splash Mountain thing happens. I don't know if it's still gonna or not. I hope it does, um, because I'm all for it. Uh, next on the uh, honorable mentions, Beauty and the Beast. What can I say? It's one of the best soundtracks out there. Alan Menken, it's one of his greatest pieces of work. You can't... There's not much about that that you can knock. So... Um, it definitely made the honorable mention list. And finally, on the honorable mention list, uh, one of my favorites, if you say a bad word about this movie in my presence, we are going to have words. Uh, you're going to find out that you can catch these hands and that they are buy one, get one free. Uh, and that is if you say a bad word about The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Such a good movie. One of the best, if not the best, Disney soundtrack of all time. I said what I said. It is Alan Minkin and Stephen Schwartz's best work hands down so much that when they redid it for um well was supposed to be broadway it never made it there sadly 
They've done it twice, actually, but that's the latest one, this reimagining, where they took out some of the elements of Disney. They took out the gargoyles. They replaced them with the actual saints of Notre Dame Cathedral. They added songs. They cut a few things, and they changed the story drastically to fit more to the Victor Hugo original source material, and you have a darker, grittier show, but fantastic piece of work. Uh, I've seen it live. I would, you know, I would love to be in it one day, and I... um. Yeah, you, you can't say a bad word about Hunchback of Notre Dame in my presence. We will fight. But that brings us to our number one. The number one of my favorite Disney movies of all time. And that is Peter Pan. Peter Pan. It's been my favorite since I was a small child. Um, I can't, it, countless number of times I've seen that movie. It has one of the greatest opening lines of any Disney movie. All of this has happened before, and this will all happen again. But this time it happened on a small, quiet street in London. And I just, that line, it, I don't know why that line just hits me. And even with the parks, um, Peter Pan's Flight. It is one of my favorite rides. It's been one of my favorite rides since I was a kid. And it has many special meanings for me. I, I No visit to Magic Kingdom is the same without a visit to Neverland on Peter Pan's flight. It's just not the same. Something about it. Uh, I, I tear up a little bit. And and I think it's it's the nostalgia. I can remember watching that movie back as early as probably four or five years old and wearing out probably multiple copies on VHS and then eventually on DVD. I think I've owned four different versions of this movie you know, over the years. And now, of course, we have it on Disney+. Plus. You know, thankfully there it's, you know, um, preserved, you know, for all time. My, I'm guessing I, I don't ever see a day where Disney Plus doesn't exist, but who knows? You never know. But it's it's one of my favorites. There's there's just so many things about it that I love. But really, it when I think about it, when I watch it, there's a part of me that reminds me of what it was like growing up a Disney kid. And I think that's why I love it so much. And, it, and that it's almost like every time I watch that movie, it's like the Disney kid in me is never going to grow up. No matter how old I get, there's that four or five-year-old inside of me when I watch Peter Pan that kind of comes to life. And I think that's how I'll always watch it. And that's why I love it so much. But there you have it. They're my top five Disney films of all time. And I was going to do a two-parter on this. I was going to do my five favorite Disney movies, and then I was going to do another top five on the same episode. But I decided I'm actually going to split them into two different episodes. So we, we just did my top five Disney movies, five, top five favorite Disney movies. And you're probably thinking, oh, right now we're going to do the five that I can't stand, that I don't like. Uh-uh, No. We're going to do the top five Disney films that I have never seen. Yes, 
They exist. There are Disney movies. There are Disney things that I have never done. I've never been on a Disney cruise. I've never been to one of the international parks. I, it took until about a month before I left Orlando to go to Tom Sawyer Island for the first time. Now, there is, I don't believe there are attractions at Disney World that I've never done. I think I've done everything. So I think I've checked those boxes. I think there's stuff at Disneyland I've never done, though. So there's still stuff, still stuff there. But there are Disney movies that I've never seen. I've got them written down right here. And we're going to talk about them on the next episode. The top five Disney movies that I've never seen. But hey, thank you guys for joining me here on this episode of Just Another Movie Podcast. I'm working on getting this stuff together. I'm working on getting a Facebook up. I'm working on getting an Instagram going. Uh, maybe a Twitter. We're doing all the social medias. I'm working on getting all that stuff up. So be patient with me as I work on that to get all that stuff launched. It is coming, I do promise. But thank you guys for listening. Make sure you're subscribed out on Spotify, Apple Podcast. Share it out with your friends and family. You got a family, you got a family friend, a uh, family member or a friend that is a movie fan. Send them, send them the show. Tell them, hey, listen to this guy. Send them if you got a, if for this one about Disney. If you're a Disney fan or you know a Disney fan, send them this one. It'd be like, oh my God, have you ever seen this Blackbeard's Ghost? Send send them this show. So, you know, but thank you guys for listening. I really do appreciate all your like and support as we get a brand new thing off the ground. Uh, I promise I've got some ideas going. I've got some stuff I want to do. We're going to start the AFI 100 really soon. Uh, Matter of fact, uh, I started kind of looking at how I wanted to do that. We start with Ben Hur at number 100. Uh, That's a crazy thing. It's going to take me a very long time to get through, but we're going to do it. We're going to do it. So we're going to start on that very soon. I've got some other shows that I've got coming up. So lots to come. So make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss a single episode. But thank you guys for listening. And I will see you next time.